Welcome to the Your Confident Self Podcast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat and gain confidence like never before. I help corporate women get the confidence to ask for the job they want and do the work they love. Isn't it time you got unstuck and showed the world how fabulous you are? Hey, this is Allegra. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This episode is one of those organic divine appointment kind of things where I had been thinking a lot about a topic and trying to figure out where I would get the information because I'm very comfortable not knowing everything. And I also love finding people who have huge stores of information that I don't have so I can tap into that. And this is going to be one of those sessions. My guest today pioneered the concept of LinkedIn Profile Optimization, and is the author of LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. And if you're like me, you know we love the things for dummies. We don't want to know everything, just distill it down, talk to us like we're five. So (laughs) through her website, LinkedInMakeover.com, Donna and her team of 40 writers help thousands of LinkedIn users strategically write their profiles in order to engage with their audiences and grow their brands. How magical is that? Please welcome Donna Serdula. Hello, Allegra. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Did I pronounce that right? Donna Serdula. You got it. I love that. I, well, with a name like Allegra, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> we both have a lot of vowels. <laughs> exactly. And people just wing it. So I do pride myself on taking care with names. But I was so excited to discover you because we have been having a lot of conversation uh, I've been having that conversation both with clients and with other coaches about LinkedIn. Everybody mm-hmm. understands that like the main thing is your website, right? But there have to be other levers that we pull to get people into the magic that is our website. And LinkedIn, for me personally, has just been this big mysterious thing. Yeah. And then I remember, oh, gosh, I didn't pay any attention to it for years. And then I remember thinking, oh, well, I'm hearing more and more in the news that LinkedIn is becoming a more powerful tool, but I didn't stop long enough to figure out why. So I know you love LinkedIn and you think LinkedIn is great. Why? <laughs> why? Well, <laughs> you know, I will tell you, I started back on LinkedIn in 2005. So wow. it's dark. Been- yeah, it's been over a decade that I've been on and loving this this network. But okay. I'll tell you, LinkedIn is fantastic for a number of reasons. But one of the one of the issues is people tend to see it as solely a vehicle for job search, and it's not. It really isn't. Uh, and and that that type of a uh, misconception just reverberates because. People go onto LinkedIn, they're presented with a profile, they think it looks a lot like a resume, so they they dig out their, their d- dry, dusty, old, <laughs> ugly resume, they copy and paste the fields in, and, and then they think, okay, I did a great job, and nothing happens. <laughs> and, uh, and they're, of course, scratching their heads thinking, well, I guess LinkedIn is, is useless. It's a waste mm. of time. No, it's only a waste of time when you don't really look at it strategically and take that profile um, seriously and create something that really speaks not to what you want to say, but what your target audience needs to know about you. And when you do it in the right type of way, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity. It's just, just getting it, just knowing how to start is really the big, the big part of it. So if I can, um, dumb it down, how you like that? Mm-hmm. Um, if I can dumb it down. So if LinkedIn is not about so- job search, what is it about? It's about branding, networking, and adding value. Oh, that's a very different posture. Because yeah. I'll admit, I don't have a lot of confidence about LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn, and I did update my profile after four years. I'm not even <laughs> embarrassed to tell you that anymore. <laughs> but I did ignore it for about four years because I thought, oh, that's if I'm looking for a job. Yeah. And I wasn't, so I just ignored it. But I um, I will readily admit that I don't think I've done great stuff with it. And as I sit here now, I'm still not quite sure how to use it. So I definitely am at like the very low end of confidence about what the platform can do. So when you're talking about it's for branding, meaning, what does that mean? Okay, so th- what that means is it's about your profile. And whatever you guys do, 
all of those of you listening, do not copy and paste your resume. (laughs) Don't do that. Even if you're looking for a job, don't copy and paste your resume. Because if you do copy and paste your resume, and let's just say you are looking for a job, someone Mm -hmm. finds your profile, thinks it looks great. They reach out to you to request your resume because they want to learn more. And then then you send them a resume that's identical to what they just saw. They're going to be disappointed, right? So it's going to be really important that that resume builds upon what they've already discovered on your LinkedIn profile. That's that's really important. That was magic right out the gate. That didn't even occur to me. Yeah, right. If what you give them is identical, them and they're like, "Yeah, give me more," and then you send them exactly what they already have, that could make them a little bit bitter. Yeah, that's good. And okay. then they think they think, "Well, I guess that's all they do. I guess there's nothing more. Why should I continue this conversation?" So. So that's a huge, huge issue right there. But but here's the thing. With your LinkedIn profile, think of it as your digital introduction, that first impression. And people are sometimes looking for you directly, but sometimes they're looking for someone like you. And so if they don't know your name, but they're they're typing in keywords, they're typing in uh, their pain points, they're typing in the solutions that they need, make sure that those words are in your profile so you're more apt to turn up. And then when a person gets to your profile, tell them that story that's going to make them feel confident and interested. So you don't need to speak in bullets, just you know, write it in first person and, and use it as that, as that mechanism to get a person to better understand what they can get from you. Right. So it's, it's, it's writing it for what their needs are, not just what you want to say, but what do they need to know about you to feel confident? That's the story that you need to really hone in on with your LinkedIn profile. Gosh, there's a lot of great stuff just in that one response to unpack. <laughs> but let me ask you. So let's pretend I'm listening to this and I'm not on LinkedIn at all. So what you, I heard very clearly was don't just go and cut and paste your resume. So what if I'm not on LinkedIn at all? I think what you said was don't just go out there and cut and paste your resume. So it's better to not be there at all rather than be there poorly. Well, hmm. here's, here's the thing. Don't, I, I wouldn't say just stay off, but really look at LinkedIn and take it seriously. And if you're not, if you're not taking it seriously right now, or you haven't put the right effort in, take some time and invest, invest the effort and you will see an ROI. You will see a return on that 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 in, in investment. Um, so I would say this for those of you who haven't really done much. The first thing I want you to do is pay attention to your profile, look at it, optimize it. You know, write it from your heart. Make sure you have a great profile picture. Make sure you have a background graphic. Uh, I have my headline generator that you can download that'll create a fantastic headline. Um, and, and, and tell me more about that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, my said tool. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. There's a shortcut for busy women. <laughs> so tell me more about your headline generating tool. So the LinkedIn headline, this is right underneath your name on your profile and mm-hmm. it travels all throughout LinkedIn with every activity, everything you do is this headline. It's like a tagline and it's always there introducing you to everyone who's, who's looking and this headline is so important, but LinkedIn only gives what it, the default is your job title and your current company. But that's like, that's, that's not a headline that draws anyone in. <laughs> it doesn't excite people. So you can actually customize it. You can edit it and create something different. And so what I did is I created, it's an online app. It takes less than five minutes. It's just like 10 clicks of your mouse, mouth, mouse, and you're going to get this amazing LinkedIn headline. You just answer a couple questions, click a, little, a couple things, hit generate, and it creates a headline that you can copy, paste it right into your LinkedIn profile. You're going to get more views to your profile and you're going to get more people reaching out. So you'll get found and you'll get more views. Okay, that is epic. I am so doing that. <laughs> I don't even think I understood that there was a headline and I'm not going to do it because I'm being well focused. But now I'm like dying to go look at my LinkedIn profile. But I love that. And I will, of course, include a link to that 
in the show notes, but I'm so going to do that. And I'll tell people what it was before and then I'll show them what it was afterwards. I love that so much. So you talked about optimizing it and you said, um, make sure that you have a headshot. Do you want to talk for just a minute? I know people can Google it, but they don't. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my little heart when I'm looking at people's profile pics and I'll see like someone in their backyard with like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) I see like the dog's ear and I'm like, honey, that might be a Facebook profile, but on LinkedIn, maybe not. You need to know your audience and the LinkedIn audience doesn't want to see your dog's ear. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, Donna, you, you told me it needed to be a professional picture. And this picture was professionally taken at my daughter's wedding 12 years ago. And I'm like, eh, there's a difference between professionally taken and professional, and a professional. shot. Well, yeah. here, here's the thing. And, and with, with LinkedIn, you do need to upload a profile picture. Um, and people just naturally when they see that profile picture, they recognize that you're real, that you take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And they're more apt to reach out. And those who push back, and and I speak all over the country on LinkedIn, and there's always someone who says, hey, I don't want to upload it. You know, I don't like this. Here's the thing. Would you buy something on Amazon? Would you buy a product on Amazon that didn't have a picture? No, I wouldn't (laughs) because I would expect to get my feelings hurt. Right. right? Exactly. I wouldn't have any frame. Yeah. Yeah. I would not do that. And same thing goes with LinkedIn. The picture is for me and probably because I was in marketing communications and PR for so long, I just think it's the first opportunity for you to start establishing your brand. Yeah. And LinkedIn is a more professional platform. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you can't be fun and it doesn't mean you can't like use your own voice and all of those things. I'm not saying you have to be a robot, but to me, it's a confidence thing. If people are going to have one shot at me, do I want it to be my dog's ear or do I want it to be a shot that I'm like, okay, things were working for me that day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. It doesn't have to mean that, you know, I was on the um, stage at a Ted talk, which I've never done, but you know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be like a particular kind of shot in order to qualify, but it does need to be a shot that I think, makes it look like I'm confident in the things that I'm presenting. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and and truthfully, even if like if you cannot afford a professional headshot, you can do one on your own. You know, just use your use your 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 cell phone, your 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 smartphone, enlist a friend who can hold the camera because there's nothing worse than seeing that extended arm. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're obviously doing a selfie, I agree. Right. Mm-hmm. Get yourself near a window where there's some natural light. Make mm-hmm. sure the wall is empty. There's nothing behind you because we want you to be the focus. Um, mm-hmm. And then smile and have your friend take that picture. And it will be great. But save some money so you can get a professionally taken headshot. Uh, and they, they're not that expensive, but they mean they, they, it's such a huge difference. You, you, you suddenly, for your brand, yourself, you look more professional, you look more serious. People take you in a, just they see you in a different way, a much more successful way when they see that you had, you had not only the, the mind to do it, but you had the money to get the professionally taken headshot done. I think the other thing is when you're talking about a professional shoot, the pictures can be used everywhere. Yeah. So I had, it's very funny. I thought about this the other day. I think my last shoot was two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. And I thought, wow, I need to update that. But there were so many different shots in that one session yeah. that I can use. So it's not like, there are a number of places where the exact same photo appears for me. And that's by design, right? Because mm-hmm. I want that consistency. But there are a lot of other shots on my site or in other places that were from that same shoot that look similar, but aren't the exact same shots. So there's some variety there as well. So um, I have someone who I was helping set up a website and he had like one headshot and he just wanted to use that one headshot everywhere. And I was like, that's great for your profiles, but how about on your about page, maybe it could be different or, you know, in some other places, you just might want a different shot. So um, to me, it's just part of, I think of it this way. When you make, and it's not just for folks in corporate, but since that's where I spelled the bulk of my life, professional Mm -hmm. life, I understand that better. Everything that you're doing is building your portfolio, right? Your professional brand. Yeah. So whether that's um, how you behave on social or the images that you choose to use or the consistency that you use, all of that is packaging you up. So people are creating a package of you. 
you can participate in that and help shape it or not. Right. Mm -hmm. I I always say you have, you have the control to shape how others perceive you. You have Mm -hmm. the control. All you need to do is with LinkedIn, get on it and take it seriously and decide how do you want to be perceived? How do you want to be judged? How do you want to be seen? And right towards that. So you've been on LinkedIn since 2005. How have you seen it change? Because when it began, wasn't it really just about job searches? Uh, you know, even back then, it really wasn't. Um, oh. it, 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 <sighs> Recruiters really jumped on it because it was this yes. fantastic way to source candidates. But, you know, even back then, it was just about building a network. It was about connecting with people. And, uh, you know, having that, that professional brand, that, porf- that, that profile, that was really in the early stages what it was. Uh, sometime, you know, a few years after that, that's when the recruiters really jumped on board um, and they sort of changed the perception. But within, uh, just within the last year, LinkedIn has, has really changed. And, and I would say this to, you know, everyone who's listening, if you've, if you've struggled to get on LinkedIn, think about it less as a desktop application and and load load the app onto your mobile phone and and start using it on your phone because that's what we're finding is more and more people are using LinkedIn they're using it on their phone they're using that app um what are they doing what they're doing is you know on, when they're on the bus when they're on the train when they're when they're you know sitting in their in the parking lot waiting for you know a, 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 an event they're just getting on linkedin and scrolling through that homepage seeing what their network is talking about jumping mm-hmm. into a couple conversations liking a few things um you know they're messaging people in their network to see what's going on but it's so much easier to do it on your phone because who wants to go home after a hard day and then get onto their laptop and start networking in their pajamas? <laughs> it's, it's, it's Besides like, me. It, yeah. <laughs> there's some, some crazy people like us who would love to do it all the time. <laughs> but, but it's the best kind of crazy. <laughs> it, it is. It's a, it's a successful crazy. But, but most yes. people don't want to. They want to go home. They want to kick off their shoes. They want to have dinner. They want to play with their kids. They want to watch TV. And they don't do want to, they want to do other things. And you know what? Bless them. That that's, that's the way it should be. And, and LinkedIn, I think that was the, really one of the biggest issues is people just didn't want to do working stuff, you know, on their off hours. But this, the with loading that mobile app allows you to use LinkedIn in a much less, um, just, just a easier way, um, without the stress and you can do it pretty much anywhere. And it's great. So that's interesting when you talk about putting it on a mobile device. So I know we're going to come back and talk um, extensively about the profile, but um, as I think to myself, so what are the top three reasons why a professional woman would want to be on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing is it's professional. It's professional. Mm-hmm. This is not a dating website. <laughs> this is not a site where you, where you have to talk about, you know, watch and see pictures of kids' soccer teams. You don't have to be listening to people, you know, talking about sports or what happened on Game of right. Thrones. It's professional. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, it, yes. it, but it is. And it's, it's a huge benefit. Not for nothing, right? So there's nothing wrong if you're interested in Game of Thrones and listening to people talk about it, but there are other places that you could do that. Yeah, there's other places. Okay. That's where you go. But this is this is a professional network. And okay. I believe you're a little bit safer on LinkedIn than you are in these other on these other networks. And the reason is because it is, it's professional. So that's that's the number one reason. Okay. Uh, number two is um, it's a place to build your brand and build your network. I want to talk more to you about building your network. But the third reason why professional women should be on LinkedIn is, and I think this is something that women just naturally love to help others. They love to help others. I, that's, that's, what, that's what fuels me. And on LinkedIn, I'm able to help others. It's not about when you go on LinkedIn and you're like, I need a job, I need a sale, I need leads, I need prospects, you know, that's when you're going to fail because people know that you're needy. But when you go on LinkedIn and you're on to help people, you're on to add value, you're on to educate, you're on there to inspire others, 
when you're when you're giving on LinkedIn, that's when the opportunity really comes back and and you start to see an enormous success. Mm, that's really, um, I always talk about things being delicious. And that right there was all sorts of chocolatey goodness. <laughs> because I think one of the things that, so I did think to myself, um, when we started having this conversation about six months ago, a bunch of coaches, and we're like, oh, but we're not looking for jobs. So can you like find clients on there? And I was like, well, my instinct is wherever there are people, there's an opportunity to find someone who might want to coach. So yeah. at a 30,000 foot level, I'm saying, well, there has to be an opportunity to get clients from there. But I didn't think when I revised my profile, so how can I make my profile attract more clients? Yeah. Because that kind of how wasn't, that wasn't how I was trying to show up. But I did think to myself, I produce a lot of content, mm-hmm. but I'm careful to share the right content in the right places. And as I kind of gambled about like a bunny on LinkedIn, all willy nilly, I loved it. When you talk about strategy, we're still coming back to that. I didn't have a strategy. It was just like pop it around like a bunny. And I really couldn't figure out what types of content I ought to be sharing there. Mm -hmm. But you just provided a great frame in that if I think to myself, okay, what would, what would inspire people? What would affirm people? What would help people? It really helps me as I'm sitting here right now think, oh, okay, so I have a different idea about what types of content I would want to share there. Yeah. And the more you give, the more help that you you provide, then you can have these great conversations that can then lead to how you can really help that person. So, you know, you don't go out there with that, hey, I just want I just want sales. <laughs> but you go out there with let, let me see how how I can help. How can I add value? And then 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 it starts to happen. But I'm going to tell you here's here's the big key. So, you know, clearly I'm all about having a really strong profile. That is so important. It really is a profile that, you know, tells your story, that that really showcases the warmth of your personality, uh, that gets people feeling closer and more confident in who you are and what you add. That's that's huge. But it doesn't matter what you're doing if you have no network on LinkedIn. And that's mm. that's the biggest issue is that very few people have a big enough network to make an impact. And so everyone who's listening you need to start connecting and make it into something that you do, if not daily, weekly. Um, you know, really think of all the people that you, the people that you went to school with. Think of all the people that you've worked with. Think of your past employers. Think of vendors that you've worked with. Think of, of everyone that you've had some way of, you know, bumping into. Connect with them. And then keep connecting the people who reach out to you, the people that you meet at events, connect to them. You need to have a strong network if you want to find success on LinkedIn, because otherwise you're in a, you're in, you're just in a black hole. What does success on LinkedIn look like for you? You know, LinkedIn, success on LinkedIn is different for every, for everyone. Everyone is on Mm -hmm. LinkedIn for a different reason. Some people are simply Mm -hmm. looking for a job. Some people want to have their message heard. Others want to be seen as an expert. Others, others are, are looking to, to sell their services or their products. You know, everyone has a different goal, but to me, you know, success on LinkedIn is, you know, when you're, when you're out there and you're providing value and people are resonating to your message. That to me is, that's success for me. Okay, that's great. I think the other thing that was singing loudly in my ears when you were talking is, if I'm on LinkedIn, but my profile is not set up for success as I define it, mm-hmm. then it's almost like not being there. Yeah. So when you were talking in the beginning about your headline tool, which I'm like so stoked to go play with, because I am that nerd who finishes her work day and hops on her laptop to learn other stuff. I am so comfortable with my nerdness. It's not even <laughs> funny. But I think that the big piece of that was the profile leads to success as you define it. Yes. Yes. It so does. when you were also talking about... um connecting with people and like people's networks aren't big enough. That was interesting to me. So let me ask you a question and I'm totally going to put you on the spot. Do you accept every connection request you get? The There's only a few that I don't accept. And those are the ones where the person wants to deposit a large sum of money into my bank account. <laughs> 
do they say that in their request for connection? I'm like, wow, they're that bold now. They just tell you that right up front. Well, you know what? Here, here's the thing, Allegra. And this is ultimately, you don't have to be a lion. And that's a that's a LinkedIn open network. That's basically anyone will, you'll accept oh, anyone. Like, what's a lion? Yeah. L-I-O-N, yep. like the animal that rules? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a LinkedIn open networker. And it just means that okay. you'll pretty much, you know, you'll you'll accept anyone's invite. And 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 that pretty much is is who I am. But I have that's my strategy. That's my philosophy on LinkedIn. Um, and and your philosophy, your strategy might be different, and that's that's okay. But at the same time, you have to recognize that on LinkedIn, when people are searching, now I'm not talking about a name-based search. So let's say you go on and you type in my name. Well, you're going to search the entire network of, of LinkedIn users, the entire database. But let's say you don't search by name. Let's say you're searching by keyword. And that's where most opportunity comes from. It's that the person mm-hmm. doesn't know you directly, but they know they need someone like you. That's that's right. that's the search you want to collide with. <laughs> when a person is doing a keyword-based search, they are only searching their first-degree network, their second-degree network, their third-degree network, and any groups, the members of groups that they belong to on LinkedIn. And that's it. So if you want to get found, and if you want to find others, you need to have a strong network. And the network develops from a strong keyword? Well, not so much the keyword. The keyword, you need to make sure that the words that people are searching are in your LinkedIn profile. Okay. And anywhere in the profile or do they need to be in the headline, for instance? They they should be in the headline, in your summary, in your job titles, and in your job descriptions. Those are the most impactful fields for okay. keywords. Okay. Also in the skills and expertise area, that's that's the other place that you want to have your keywords listed. Okay. So I'm like skills and expertise. So you're not talking about the things people endorse you for. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like is that the same thing? Um, and it's very funny because I remember the first time I logged into LinkedIn and that thing popped up that allowed me to endorse people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, what is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, it really. And I started getting endorsed. I started getting endorsed for things, and I was like, "Why are they endorsing me for that?" It was kind of fascinating, kind of like when clout—I don't even know if clout still exists—but back in the day, when clout would suddenly say, "Hey, we know you have an expertise in X," and I'd be like, "Oh, what made you think that?" (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, you know, the whole endorsements thing really rubbed people the wrong way. And LinkedIn, yeah, everyone was saying, "I don't know why they're endorsing me for that." And what is this? And it's a free for all. LinkedIn has has changed the way they do endorsements and they're getting better and it's it's not such a you know you know free for all like it used to be. Well, it seemed kind of like a popularity contest a little bit. Yeah. Well, I I will say this. I mean, don't ignore endorsements because it is a great way to really showcase your expertise, but at the same time, to me the more powerful uh is the our re- recommendations. So it's that's getting a person to actually write a recommendation on your profile. And those mean so much more to me than just the the single click of an endorsement. So here are two things. So I was asking about whether you, because it relates to recommendations as well. So I was asking if you accepted every connection request, because I used to. Mm-hmm. Because to your point, you said earlier, LinkedIn felt a little bit safer. And I agree. So I'm friends with or I know that's not right the word. I'm connected mm-hmm. with many more people on LinkedIn, for instance, than I am on Facebook. Yeah. Right? Because LinkedIn doesn't seem to have lost the civility that <laughs> some of the other platforms have just completely set on fire. Yeah. And I did feel like it was safer because people were coming at it in a different way. But I stopped like accepting every connection request because just like on Twitter, when they created those third party tools that the minute you followed someone, they'd immediately DM you and start filling your DMs with crap with um, requests to click their crap. I'm like, I don't even know you yet. And you're immediately sending me like three different DMs asking me to click on your links. Why are you doing that? You're like giving me your hotel key and I don't even know your name, (laughs) right? So LinkedIn didn't used to be that way. But recently I have found that when I have just kind of randomly selected every request, then I'm immediately getting emails with like sales solicitations and often they're way off target. So I'm like, you didn't even pay attention. 
I'm not hiding who I am. I'm not hiding who I'm looking for. So you didn't even make a real effort. So then I immediately want to go disconnect. Them. And you can, so, and you can, but, but recognize that you're not just connecting to them. You're connecting to their network and their network's network. That's a really good and you never know that's when that. someone in their network might need someone like you. That is true. It just, it's very New Jersey of me. I told you <laughs> I was raised in Princeton and I'm like, it's just bad. I'm so, I'm the product of Princeton, New Jersey, a Jamaican daddy and a Southern Belle mama. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's rude. <laughs> I want to teach them with my disconnect that their behavior was unprofessional. But um, I did have a couple people reach out to me and specifically ask for recommendations. And that was new to me. I remember doing or receiving recommendations. I mean, many years ago, like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And I had completely forgotten all about them. And I was researching everywhere because I took very seriously the opportunity to talk about them. Yeah. So I didn't want to like just cut and paste something. And I responded back and I was like, okay, I don't know how to do this. I haven't done it in a long time, but I'm going to figure it out. But can you tell me if there's a specific skill or talent of yours that you're trying to highlight? Yeah. Because that's like my old communicator's hat, right? So I'm thinking, I'm not telling you to feed me a script, but hey, what are you trying to do here? Well, what I what I say is this, when when a person is requesting a recommendation, be yeah. kind. Write the recommendation for the other person. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, I didn't. Do, I didn't do it immediately though, because I wanted to go research and figure out how to do it. Yeah. that's like. But always right because I didn't want to just toss off. It's kind of like when you ask people for testimonials. You don't want someone to just go back, right back, and say, "Hey, she's great, honey. I love that you think I'm great." But um, how useful is that to someone who's trying to figure out yeah. if I would be a good fit for them, right? Without any kind of oh, yeah. specifics. So I was honored that she asked me this and I was delighted to do it, but I did, I didn't agonize over it, but it did take me a minute because I really wanted to get it right. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I did because I sent it off and I never heard back. And I was like, okay, so does she not know I did it or did she think it sucked? <laughs> and then I was like, like, okay, just let it go. But I love that you are um, sharing that recommendations are important because oh. I wanted feel like it was. It, it, it is. Recommendations are fabulous. And what's really great about recommendations is that on LinkedIn, it's unlike that resume where they're like, here's my list of, you know, referrals or references. <laughs> um, who knows? Who, who knows who these people are? But on LinkedIn, right. you click on that person's name and you know exactly who they are, where they work, where they sit within an organization. So there's so much more to that recommendation than just what the person is saying, because you can really see who that person is, who's giving that recommendation. So that's, that's, that's enormous. But I always say this, if you're going to, if you're going to request a recommendation at the, you know, at the most, write the recommendation for them and say to them, Hey, if, you know, if, you know, feel free to edit or change it completely. I'm doing this because I respect your time and I want to make this easy for you. And people love that. They love that. But at the very least, at least state, please, you know, I'd love a recommendation from you. Could you please provide, you know, uh, information about how I save this account or how I have great leadership ability? Give a person something to go on because otherwise you're never going to get the rec- recommendation back from them. I love that. That's great action steps. And it also um, helps me as I'm thinking through before I'm approaching someone with that. If I'm thinking that I either need to pre-write or kind of outline the recommendation, it helps firm up in my mind. Why am I asking this person? Yeah. And if right. and here's the thing. If you can't write that recommendation for the other person, how do you expect them to write it for you? Right. Because I think that sometimes we'll get our feelings balled up. Like I know lots of other podcasters will say to people, hey, go review my show. And if people don't do it, it's like they take it as an indictment. And I'm like, well, I don't because I know for some people, this may be the first podcast they've ever listened to. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily know where they're listening to it, right? Are they on my website? Are they on their phone? So I don't want to make assumptions that they know how to do it, Yeah. right? And then if I take it that next step, because I was always a communicator, I don't know if they know what to say. Right. And the last thing you'd want to do is put something out online that might be detrimental. Wrong, yeah. Right. And I mean, I mean, you're saying detrimental, but people are just so afraid in our current environment where people leap on each other mm-hmm. with like little provocation. Nobody wants to give people the match <laughs> to throw yeah. onto the pile. So that's a really excellent point and, and about and helping people help you. Yeah. And here's the other thing, you know, 
it's so easy in email to just to just flag it and then it gets buried. So if if you you've asked someone to write you the recommendation and it's been a week and they haven't, there's nothing wrong with going just popping back in and just saying, "Hey, just wanted to, you know, move this back up on your to-do list. This is important. You know, how can I make this easier for you?" But sometimes it does take several tries and it's not because the person doesn't love you. <laughs> it's because they're just busy. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's interesting, too, especially when I mean, I'm just going to say this, there are days when it will get to be nine o'clock and I'll stop and think to myself, did I eat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, especially on days where it's like a recording day, or I've just been writing all day, I will absolutely completely lose track of everything. And then have to actually say, did I eat? Did I do this? Did I take care of myself today? So I don't usually assume when someone hasn't gotten back to me instantly that they hate me. That feels like I'm 14 years old. I assume that they're busy, but because they're busy, it helps if you remind them. Cause then if they didn't want to do it, I'll tell people right up front, if you don't want to do it, I'm not mad at you. Just say no. So I won't pester you. Yeah. But if you do want to do it and you want me to remind you, I'll do that a certain number of times and then I'll move on with my delicious life. (laughs) There have been times when people have asked me for a recommendation and I've had to say no. You know, hey, I'd, I'd, you know, once we start to work with each other and I've experienced you as a professional, then I'd be more than happy to write you a recommendation. But until then, I can't, I can't recommend you because I don't know you enough. And, Ooh, okay. and that's something I think your listeners, I want, I want to convey that, you know, you will get asked for recommendations. You will be asked to endorse a person. You will be asked to provide an introduction. And it's okay to say no. Mm, that's delicious. I think the other thing is, though, it's a mistake that people might not even realize. So I don't, I always think about like etiquette because I'm old or older, right? So like I have nephews and other young people in my life and they don't like stop to think whether something's appropriate. And I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> it didn't occur to you that maybe you, if you were invited somewhere, you shouldn't invite eight other people to go with you. It didn't occur to you that you as the invitee should not become the inviter, but okay, whatever. Um, but I think it's a mistake that people make that they might not realize is such a big deal. So asking for a recommendation too early is a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or asking someone who you've never met, because again, I, I have already said, I'm very much a lion. I'm, I'm a LinkedIn open networker and I will, you know, I'll speak in front of a, an audience and, and I tell them I, I'd love to connect with you and they connect with me. I don't know them, but they know me. And, and sometimes that, you know, a person will say, Hey, I was in your, I was in the audience and I'd love a, a introduction to this CEO that, that you, you know, on LinkedIn. And, and more often than not, even though I don't know that person, I look at their profile and if they look professional, if the message makes sense, uh, there's, there's synergy with the person that they want to be introduced to. I will do it. I will do it. Um, but if, if the message just doesn't make sense, you know, I, I will say no. And, and the thing is, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to say, I, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're going to have to find someone else. And I think you can use that same wisdom on any platform, right? So if I get, I'm way more active on Twitter than I am on LinkedIn, or um, I'm way more active. I think I'm the most active on Twitter as I just think about it, right? I try to do more on Facebook, but people are mean. (laughs) I just don't do mean well, right? And I'm not saying like all my friends are awful. I love my friends, but I'm just saying that when you're on Facebook, you can't help but see other stuff. And sometimes I just don't have the intestinal fortitude for that because it makes me want to rise up, throw on my cape and slay dragons who are messing with people. (laughs) So um, every day I can't be She-Ra or Wonder Woman. So some days I just have to protect myself. But I think it's just prudent to do that everywhere. Yeah. So if, when I get Twitter um, friend requests, which I do all the time, first thing I do is click on the profile of the person who asked me, which is another reason why the profile is so important. And I want us to dive deeper into that now, mm-hmm. because if I know that sometimes people want to think that the profile isn't as important, right? It's like people who know you were talking to them, but guess what? The profile is like the price of admission. So if I, if you send me a request on any social platform, the first thing I'm going to do is go look at your profile. Yeah, Just know that. And I'm not alone in that. That's what we do. So if your profile is incomplete or your profile is, I'm going to call it terrible. And when I say terrible, I just mean it just doesn't match like my values mm-hmm. or voice. 
right? You don't have to be just like me, but there are a number of different areas where you could be regularly communicating that I don't want to condone. So I'm just saying that that's the first thing I do, look at a profile. So I think of a profile when I'm preparing a profile. My objective there is to make it plain to the people who should be drawn to me that they should be drawn to me. And it should also be obvious to the people who should not be drawn to me that they should. Right. Yes. You can't be everything to all people. Right. And and I always say this to my clients, you know, stop throwing everything against the wall, hoping something will stick. That's not going to oh happen. Gosh, You're just going to inundate. <laughs> You're going to inundate people. And they're not going to know what to pay attention to. You should put that on cookies <laughs> or in cookies because that is great. Stop throwing stuff at the wall and then praying and seeing what sticks. It's a really bad strategy. It is. And, and it's really important to be very clear, clear on LinkedIn. What is your goal? Who is your target audience? What are your keywords? Really think about that. Write your profile towards those three things. And you really can't go wrong. Um, but you know, in terms of the profile, those who are, who are listening, you know, there, there's the profile background image. So if you look at your profile and it looks like it's a kind of a blue green constellation, that means you haven't uploaded a background graphic. So you've got oh, to get okay. it. So, okay. So you're talking about like the kind of the equivalent of the Facebook cover. Yes, exactly. Profile. Exactly. Cause when you said background before, I was like, wait, is there a sexy new background on LinkedIn? <laughs> don't know about. I'm all about color coordination. I was thinking there was an opportunity for some branding that I missed, but you're saying don't use the generic. Don't use the generic. It looks like a blue-green constellation. Say no to that. Go to unsplash.com. That's one of my favorite sites, unsplash.com. They've Mm. got great images. Find something that really illustrates your brand. Something that that very subtly, almost subliminally uh, conveys who you are and what you do, you know. And why can't you, or why shouldn't you use the constellation? Why shouldn't you use the default? Uh, well, the default says that you, you haven't tried. <laughs> the default says you, you don't put any, you know, you don't put any importance on it. Uh, the default says you haven't logged in in 20 years. Well, maybe not 20 years. Well, there could be somebody who's on LinkedIn all the time who just didn't understand that the default image was sending that message. Because I may have in my own way, and I'm not talking about myself, so I'm not being defensive. Mm-hmm. I may have optimized or think I optimized the rest of the profile, but I didn't realize the import of that picture. Yeah. Well, I think that's true for, for most people. It, LinkedIn is, is always changing. Um, but, you know, with LinkedIn, it, you know, just, just take a look at it and, and, you know, take it seriously, you know, and, and you're right. There's so many people who I have, I've, you know, potential clients who come to me and they're like, you know what, Donna, I think I've got a great profile. I copied and pasted my resume. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they don't know. And 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 ultimately it doesn't mean you're you're horrible by any means. It just means look, you know, let's let let's 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 educate you. Let's have you know what it means and then you can you can really hit the ground running and do so much more. But you know, the background image, they've they've done a lot of changes to it recently. Um, but it's it's a okay. beautiful play, a place, a really great way to showcase your brand and to telegraph that brand message. So don't forget that. Make sure you've got a great looking profile picture. Use that headline generator. Get a headline that mm-hmm. really is a benefit statement that tells people who mm-hmm. you are, what you do, how you help, and infuse it with your keywords. You're gonna get you're gonna rank better in search. Those are just three really simple things you can do in 15 minutes. 15 minutes, you can get those three things done. Are there things that you see women include in their profile that they shouldn't? You know what? I, I see the opposite. Women, okay. all of us, all, all women, I think, most women are almost, they, they're almost ashamed to take credit for their successes. Oh, but Donna, it wasn't just me who closed that multimillion dollar account. I had a bunch of people. I had a team behind me. I can't claim that. Well, the guys have no problem claiming. <laughs> that is true. So I would say to women, don't underestimate. Don't don't dismiss what you've done. Claim it. Tell that story. And the way you can make it sound a little bit more palatable to yourself is rather than just state it, tell the story around it. And that's really powerful because a lot of times people will just, it's, it's a tell me type of situation. I, I'm great at business development. But instead, rather than do tell me, I want you to do show me. 
Show me why you're great at business development. Tell the story around how you close that account. Tell me the story how you coach someone to greatness. And, and for women, that, that resonates more. And it allows them to, to, to claim more when they're telling the full story. That's fascinating to think about the summary being a group of stories instead of like a resume summary. I really do think as I'm listening to what you're saying and kind of chewing it and processing it, that I still approach LinkedIn like it just needs to be like black and white. Here's the facts. And what I'm hearing from you now is I should be weaving in yellow and red and blue and all sorts of other things to make it stand out and to make people understand better kind of how I show up. That is really interesting. So one thing I see people do a lot, and I'm not sure if this is right or not, but they talk about themselves in the third person, which I just think is weird on something like LinkedIn or even like on an about page on a website. If it's my about page, I don't know why I'd be talking about myself like I didn't write it. Own it, right? (laughs) Right. So, or kind of going back and forth, but it is different. And doing it as a story would make it easier for me to put in a profile, I did X and I did X and I led this and I led that. It feels bragging Mm -hmm. and it feels, it just doesn't feel natural. And I'm not saying guys like to brag and women don't, but I'm just saying for me as an individual, it just feels odd. But if I'm sitting here now thinking about telling the story, yeah, if I think of it as a story instead. You can say I was approached by this company with this issue. I immediately Mm -hmm. brought my team into play. We were able to do these things. And and suddenly you're painting this this picture and, and, you know, it, it feels better, but it also reads better because people resonate to stories. That's what sticks with them more so than those long, endless bullets. I know that you do, um, and you have a team of 40 writers, but I know that you do a lot of optimization of profiles. Does that include filling out everything? Because I also know that there have, I think, well, probably not for you, but for me, Mm -hmm. right? Because I hadn't logged on there in years. There were a bunch of different new areas and different types of information that I can include. And I think there might be an area now, you'll correct me, where you can add like other um, uh, I would call it like a data type. So like people are including slides yeah. or media or whatever. And I'm like, what the pudding? <laughs> and it's kind of hard for me to figure out, well, what size should it be? And like, you can't add video unless you're doing it on your phone. So there are a bunch of different things. Your service, does it kind of do the entire profile do. or do you focus on like the headline and the summary? Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I know that people have, you know, varying budgets. And so at the very low end of the scale, we've got, you know, my book, uh, we have a DIY course, a video e-course that walks you through how to do it yourself. And then we go into our services where we we create it for you and we take all of the writing away. And in, in those three services, we do, you know, we will from top to bottom, you know, build your brand, tell your professional story, and it's unique. It's unique to you and it's from top to bottom. Hmm. So, um, sorry, I'm writing notes to myself while I'm talking, which is such bad form, but I didn't want to forget that you just said there were three levels of service. And I loved the DIY course idea because I'm often looking at these things at hours when you wouldn't want to be playing with me, right? So it could be like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, Hey, I have an hour. Let me go look at X and you know, I'm not going to call. And I will tell you this, anyone who's listening, if you were in the military, if you're a veteran, or even if you're active duty. Um, I do give the DIY course, which I sell for a hundred bucks. I give it to veterans and active duty military free. It's my way of, oh, of awesome. giving back. So if you were in the military or if you're still in the military, um, your LinkedIn profile is something that you can't ignore. You need to dig your well before you're thirsty and you got to get on it. Even now, if you're not, you know, going into, uh, you know, the private realm just yet. You, you still need to get yourself prepared for when you do make that transition. And, um, and please, you know, access my DIY kit. It's free of charge to, to active duty military and, and, and veterans. And it will walk you through what you need to do to really stand out. So I have my profile optimized. And you talked about um, people desiring the mobile app on their phone so they can kind of, when they find five minutes or 10 minutes here or there, interact with LinkedIn. So besides connecting with new people, Mm -hmm. 
if I'm thinking to myself, I want to get more strategic and I want to do more on LinkedIn, I'm totally buying what Donna was selling and I want to grow my network and engage with more people Mm -hmm. and connect on different levels. That might feel like three to five hours of time when I'm trying to figure out if I ate in a day. (sighs) So what types of things could I do on a weekly basis that are impactful that won't make me lose my mind or feel like I need to hire another person just to do LinkedIn? Yeah. And, and LinkedIn is something that you can handle on your own. And there is a, there is a passive aspect to LinkedIn where simply having a strong brand, a strong LinkedIn profile, a strong network, you don't have to do much else. You can still find a lot of success, not to the same extent if you are actively splashing around and using it, but you can still, you can still find success. I mean, I can't tell you how many of my clients have come back and said, you know, I, I didn't do anything, but you optimized my profile. I made some connections and boom, things started to pop my way. So there is a passive aspect to LinkedIn that's not there on the other networks. Um, but with that said, I, I don't want everyone to go, all right, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> What I would want you to do is this, you know, I, I've, I've already said, you know, use your first thing, have a strong, have a strong profile, one that's, you really take it seriously to build that network so people can hear you, people can find you and you can find others. My third tip and, and what you're asking is engage, engage. And what does engage mean? Engage means scroll through that newsfeed every now and then comment, like, share, Give yourself five minutes, comment, like, share just on what's already out there, because sometimes it's hard for us to be that creator of content. So instead of being a creator, be a curator and just go through and see what other people have stated or are posting and react to it. And it's a really easy way to start splashing around in a, in a light type of manner. Once you've done that, you really get a nice sense of an idea of what people are doing and what people are saying and how people are are interacting on LinkedIn. At that point, you might want to say, all right, I've already stuck my toe in. I'm going to now put my entire leg into the LinkedIn ocean. (laughs) And with that comes a post. Share a link to a great article and say why you thought it was a great article. One thing. Just do it once a day. Once upload Mm -hmm. the do you publish the article there or do you just include a link? You could do either. So, so if you're linking to something that maybe you've already written Allegra, or maybe someone else has written that you thought was great, just post the link, just, just put the link in there and write a little context around it. And that's enough. When you start, then when you, okay, now you want to take a deep dive. Let's say, okay, so you just have your, your feet in (laughs) your legs in the water. (laughs) Let's say you want to now immerse yourself fully. When you want to immerse yourself fully, what you want to do is you want to start creating good content and good specific yeah and good content comes in two forms there's the long form post so it's like a status update where you 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 write a little bit more than just a sentence or two um and maybe you tell a short little story or something um but that's one way of creating content the other way of content creating content is to create an article that's like blogging but on your linkedin profile either way it works mm. when it, when you write an article there's more of an evergreen quality to that because you've got the link and you can keep posting it. When you do a post, just like a, a status update, um, that has a little less staying power, you know, because, you know, it, it creates a nice big splash. People like people share, but it eventually gets pushed down into the past mm-hmm. and it kind of disappears. Um, so it really just depends on what your strategy is. Uh, in some ways, just doing those little posts it's, 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 it's fast, it's easy, and it doesn't live for too long. So you can't be too embarrassed if it doesn't go quite right. This has been so awesome. And I'm totally loving it. And I'm getting really, I was getting excited already, right, about the different things I was hearing about LinkedIn and the ability to connect in different ways. Um, And we kind of touched on some of the reasons why it's very different from Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. But I think the thing that I love is I am always, have always been in my professional life, really confident sharing other people's stuff, mm-hmm. which is not as useful or popular on some of the other platforms. Now, that's not to say that on other, some of the other platforms, you just blast your stuff all day long because that doesn't work either. But LinkedIn seems to be um, a destination where it's really okay to share other people's good stuff. Yeah. And I love that because... I know that my stuff is good, but I don't always feel like I have to share my own stuff. I love finding 
other stuff that I think hasn't had enough eyeballs and then getting more eyeballs on it. Everybody's different. That just is something that wires me for sound. And as we're talking about it, it seems like LinkedIn is a great place to do that. It is. It really is. It's it's really about being that curator of great content, feeding it to your network. I will say, the one thing I will warn is don't just, just don't throw the link. Always add a little bit of context, a little something mm. that kind of summarizes why you felt that this was stupendous or this is worthy of someone to read. Um, that that works really well within the LinkedIn universe, um, providing that context. I have loved this. I feel, even though I haven't done a thing yet, I feel way more confident about the platform <laughs> and about why I should be there, mm-hmm. right? And like how I can help people there. I'm loving that because I think half of why I really wasn't doing it was I just didn't want to do it wrong. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to find time right? Because we all have the same number of hours. So I'm going to have to pull hours from something else, right? To do this, which is okay. But I needed to understand why and what the possible ROI might be. Are there any other um, LinkedIn tips or tricks that I haven't asked the right question to get to? Mm, We've we've gone through a lot. You know, I I will say this, and that is, you know, you've already said that you're big on Twitter, and and I would say, you know, think in terms of the activity that you're doing on Twitter. What can you share on LinkedIn? And and so don't think of it like there's Twitter and then there's LinkedIn and these two shall never meet. There, there's a lot of information that you're posting on Twitter that can that can fit beautifully within that LinkedIn realm. So, you know, just just think it through and, and say to yourself, wait, is this something that I can post over here on, on LinkedIn? I oftentimes will try something out on Facebook. And if I get a great response on Facebook, I'll then go over to LinkedIn and I'll post it there. And then if it works on LinkedIn, then I'll go over to Twitter and I'll post it there. So, you know, recognize that, you know, your message is your message. And yes, these platforms are different, but, you know, you know, maybe utilize something like Hootsuite or Buffer and, and, you know, and, and, and take it from one place and put it somewhere else. Buffer is, um, we're not monogamous, but we're moving. (laughs) (laughs) I currently am dating a couple of other (laughs) tools, but Buffer is like my main man. I really, I've been steady with Hootsuite for years. Should I start looking at Buffer? (laughs) Well, let me tell you why I liked Buffer because, and I did have Hootsuite. I probably still have Hootsuite, right? The free account somewhere in my universe. I could probably go log in to Hootsuite. But I liked that Buffer let me brand my links that I shared. Mm. And I liked that um, Buffer enabled me to go in like with a stupid, simple dashboard and say, hey, this was really popular this week. So I could hit a button and rebuffer it. And then it just goes back in my schedule somewhere. So I don't have to think to myself. Because I know there were lots of tools that would like share things over and over. And I know with recent Twitter changes where you can't share like the exact same post more than once, you could get your account banned and all that stuff. So um, it wasn't that I just wanted to set it up and never have to play with it, but I wanted an easy way where if I figured a post was popular, that I could easily share that again, right? Just like on my website, if I find out that, you know, when I look at Google Analytics once a month and I'm like, wow, that was really popular. All right, let me give people more of that. Because when people are sharing it and reading it, that's their signal to me, even if they're not sending comments or sending me personal notes, that they were digging that. So I just wanted to be able to do the same thing. And Buffer lets me do that. And it lets me, um, to your point, I haven't been doing it, but it enables me to find something good and then share it in multiple places, but like tweak what I'm saying in each place. So if I found a really great article, I'm trying to think there was an article last week that just blew my mind and I'm trying to think what it was about. I just wanted to tattoo it on myself. It was so good. But now as I see it, I can't remember what it was about, but I found it and I had shared it on Twitter. So then I could easily go into buffer and just drag that update to my Facebook page and to my Pinterest site. So um, I do like buffer. I'm going to have to start looking at it. That sounds awesome. I just think it's kind of hot and sexy and it's so stupid easy. And their app is brilliant. I'm well, you've, you've, you've got me looking away from my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not trying to break you and Hootsuite up. I am no home <laughs> I'm just saying that when I find something that's kind of juicy and also the thing I like bu- about buffers, it can share everywhere. You can share to Instagram from there. Oh, you really? Can share to Pinterest oh, nice. From there. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if you can do that with Hootsuite. So, well, you've 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 changed my mind. You got me looking elsewhere now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them I said what up. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I do think it's a good tool. Well, I thank you so much. This was a blast. And it was so funny. I was telling uh, a friend of mine that I was uh, talking to a LinkedIn expert. She's like a LinkedIn expert. And I was like, oh, no, I've been reading her stuff. Oh, she is funny. She is our kind of people. <laughs> this is going to be, she's like, because her opinion of LinkedIn was like really like straight laced and boring. And I'm like, oh, there's been nothing straight laced or boring. <laughs> about this. So thank you for bringing LinkedIn to life in such a delicious oh, way. Thank you. Thank you so much for having and me. This has been fun. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm loving and I'll make sure I include in the show notes links to your site, LinkedIn Makeover. And I love that if veterans uh, want to do their LinkedIn profile, that you'll um, invest in them in that way because of their service to us, which I think is just beyond awesome. And that LinkedIn headline tool, which I'm totally going to use. So there's going to be a post on my website this week where I talk about LinkedIn. And here was my headline before. And here's my headline now, you know, in a whole how you like me now kind of way. <laughs> kind of like a before and after. So I am stoked about those three tools. So if people want to get more of you, where's the best place to go? The, the best place to go is my website, LinkedIn hyphen or dash or minus LinkedIn dash makeover.com. I've got tons of free resources. Everything I do is transparent. Uh, we have pricing and, and service descriptions, uh, tons and tons of testimonials. You know, check it out. Even if, even if you know, just to find information, we've got more than enough free material there for you. So check us out on LinkedInMakeover.com. And and oh, and I always say, friend me on <laughs> friend me on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm here. Find my find my profile. Check it out. Hit follow. Connect with me. I'd love to stay in touch with all of you. That is awesome. And I'll make sure I include, I'm glad you said that. I'll, I usually include all the social links, but I will make sure to include, that would be a funny, that would be like a big faux pas <laughs> to not have your LinkedIn profile link in the article. So again, thank you so much. We're going to have to have you back after they do whatever it is that they're going to do so you can keep us up. Oh, absolutely. This. Because in my mind, LinkedIn is just a tool, but I loved the way you talked about expanding and uh, enhancing and engaging deeper with your audience by giving more. That is um, absolutely right up my alley. Love that. Thank, thank you again, really. Thank you so much. And, and I hope I, I spread the word and I hope we, uh, we see even more people joining LinkedIn and, and using it for opportunity. I am confident that we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a powerful day.